0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Manares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people, so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. You're listening to episode number 49, I Owe Me. In this episode, I interview Becky Loridson. Becky is a wife to a handsome cowboy, a mother to two beautiful girls, and a career woman, and the founder and lead supporter of I Owe Me. She lives in northern Colorado with her dogs, horses, a pony named Bubbles, and one goat named Dog. She sees a therapist on a regular basis, takes naps, showers almost daily, washes her face at night, wears makeup, goes to church, cusses a little, takes bubble baths, goes on long walks, and binge watches Netflix when she needs to check out. Becky is also a licensed professional counselor. As a counselor, and also in her own personal life, it became alarmingly clear to her that women do not get enough self-care in their day-to-day lives. The majority of women are dealing with things like anxiety, depression, guilt, past trauma, low self-esteem, feelings of stress, excessive fear, poor body image, and limiting beliefs, just to name a few. The worst part of it is women think it is completely normal to feel this way. That somehow they are naturally supposed to live like this and there is nothing they can do about it. Becky believes that you do not have to simply survive life. You can have your cake and eat it too. You can be the best mother and career woman, the best wife and mother, the best friend and boss babe. You deserve the best and your family deserves the best of you. In our conversation, we dive into Becky's own experience with postpartum depression and one day feeling like she woke up to the fact that she was just going through the motions of life. There's so much goodness in this interview and I cannot wait for you to hear it. But before we dive in, here's the review of the week. This review comes from Smile13447, and she says, Love this podcast. Beautiful podcast, beautiful words, beautiful heart. Thank you for speaking truth and encouragement over the lives of women. Thank you so much, Smile13447, for your beautiful heart and words and for that kind review. All right, here we go, my friends. Here is my interview with Becky. All right, welcome to the WE Podcast. I'm very excited to have Becky Lauritsen here with me today. And I know that we are going to have an amazing conversation that so many women are going to benefit from. So Becky is a licensed professional counselor, and she has created an amazing company that is focused on helping women really prioritize themselves and do the things that they need to do in order to be their best selves and live their best Mm -hmm. lives and take care of themselves the way that we need to be better about most of us. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you so much for being here today.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you to the We Community for having me today. And I am so honored to be a part of it. So thank you so much, Sarah.
0: Yes, yeah. And I love that we're both therapists. I think it's amazing. Um, Love the conversation I got to have with you the first time we met. And it was just kind of like, oh man, I've got to have this girl on the podcast. So here we are.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yes. Yeah. So. Why don't you start out by just telling us a little bit about you Mm -hmm. and your background, because we're really going to build on to what brings you to where you are today and, and to the business that you've created.
1: Okay, I'd be happy to. So yes, like she mentioned, um, I am Becky Lawrence and I'm a licensed professional counselor. I am also a wife, a mother of two. um, And I have lots of other hats as well from um, being able to ride horses and rodeo and some of those fun things is um, being a sister and, and whatnot as well. So I think it's fun for us to have lots of different hats. Um, but, but yeah, so basically my, my path has been, um, pretty cool. It's pretty interesting to see that in the end, this is what led me to today. And all the things that I had gone through is what led me to this new business that I've created. So I got my master's degree down in Texas at the university of San Antonio. So we lived there. I got my master's degree and then we decided to come back to Colorado because that's where all of our family's from. So we live here in the Fort Collins area and, um, that is when I thought I had landed the dream job. Okay. So quote air quotes on the dream job, but I got my master's and that's what you do, right? You go out there, you get your degree, you get a job, and then you you do the dang thing. Like you do it all, right? <laughs> And so I landed a job up in Cheyenne doing uh, mental health therapy full time. And, and it was for a a private practice group. And it was honestly pretty dang good. Like it gave me some great experience. Mm. It obviously allowed me to get my licensure and all of the things that I had to have anyway. So it was wonderful. I think when I realized that it was getting difficult was definitely when I had my daughter, but even more so than that, it was feeling a little icky. And I'll tell you more about why it was feeling icky. But, um, I remember I was pregnant and everybody was asking me like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to work? Are you going to stay home? How's it going to affect your career? And I'm like. I was offended. I was kind of a brat, uh, to be honest. I'm like, I have a master's degree. I'm not just gonna stay home. Like, I really, truly love to work, Sarah. I love to be mm-hmm. active and a part of things. I love to miss my girls. I love that they can miss me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that, so it was the plan was to go back to work. Um, what I didn't realize though is how difficult the emotional toll of going back to work was gonna be for me. So at the time, I was mainly working with kids in foster care. And now that I had my own daughter, my own child, I knew what that parent love was. I knew what that love was that I have heard so many people talk about. Right. And when I was working with these parents that not only didn't love their kids, but they went as far as to abuse and neglect them. Mm -hmm. It just rocked my world in such a big, emotional, teary, ugly way. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I didn't have the support from, you know, from my cohort up there and I didn't have the support of what I was going to do. So I was really struggling with what was next. And it's funny because God has good timing. Of course he has perfect timing. And I was introduced to a direct sales company of all things. I never would have in a million years guessed I would be doing direct sales. So, um, so I went ahead and jumped on it and it's funny because I loved it. I loved that it was positive, It was something fun. You know, as you know, therapy can be kind of tough doing Mm -hmm. it full time. So Mm -hmm. I was just hungry for this positivity, a connection with women who were lifting me up, who were encouraging me. And I got the, the recognition and the support and the, and just kind of the pat on the back, if you will, that I wasn't getting before. So long story short, I committed to doing that. I rocked it out. I did great. I was able to earn three cars and replace my income and I quit therapy. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm not ever going to go back to it. And I even let my license expire, which is a big deal because that took a lot of time and money to do, as you know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you can tell I was done. Major Um, big deal. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then... And then definitely part of the story also is that I was still having this stir in my stomach. I was still having this deep desire to positively impact women, especially, but all people through therapy, because I really do love the work. But what I had found out that I love to do more is to be preventative, is to work with people in order to prevent the things like depression, anxiety, stress management, things like that. So that's why I was having these thoughts of like, well, how can I do that? I don't want to go back to traditional therapy. I don't want to um, work for, you know, a a different practice or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was sitting with an incredible mentor of mine and she, she just point blank asked me, well, what's stopping you (laughs) from doing something that you would be proud of that you could, you know, prevent things like this. And I'm like, well, shoot, I don't know. I don't know what's stopping me. So Mm -hmm. honestly, it was that night that she, that we had our conversation over coffee. And it was that night that I was laying in bed and, and I was thinking, well, what's needed? Self-care. Self-care is such a huge topic. And it's been something that I've always been so passionate about through my therapy. So I'm like, okay, well, we need self-care. People aren't getting it, women especially. And how can I, you know, come up with something to be able to provide this for women? And, and that's when it hit me. And I was like, okay, what are some, this is funny, right? I'm sure you've been there in the middle of the night where you're tossing and turning, can't sleep. You have a million (laughs) ideas running through your head. Uh And I remember thinking, okay, what's the name? Like an IOU, no, you owe me. No, no, (laughs) no. It's funny. Like I owe me. That's it. (laughs) So my business is called I owe me. Um, it's where we can receive guilt-free self-care and that's honestly the kind of wild, crazy path that I took to get here.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. So awesome. Yes. I can totally identify with you because I think burnout is, and I know we've had a conversation about this, is definitely what led me to Mm -hmm. be where I am now and doing Mm -hmm. something different. So awesome that Mm -hmm. there is so much flexibility too and being able to actually do uh, something that ignites, ignites us and gives us more energy rather than something that's just draining. And I think self-care has so much to do with that though, too. Like that's a self-care decision, I think too, Mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't make is getting out of the thing that's burning them out and creating the thing that they really Mm -hmm. truly want to do.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think that we all have this
0: What's normal,
1: right? Again, air quotes. The limiting belief that we have, the the way we were raised. If we were raised working nine to five for somebody else for good benefits, then by gosh, it is very scary to go and do something on your own. And and I think that's very common across um, a lot of a lot of people is that we're not we're not sure if we have what it takes, or we're not sure that we're willing to risk it, or even just get uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that the getting
0: out of that comfort zone can be really
1: scary, but one of the most beautiful things you can do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you really touched on an area I want to go back to, uh, for mm-hmm. a minute and that is having your daughter. And mm-hmm. I know for sure that rocks most people's world, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so many yeah. different ways, but, I know you have some story around that as well, not only professionally, but personally.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I I just remember the first time because I just had another baby. So I've got two little girls, and one is four years old and one is only two months. She's almost three months old. So mm-hmm. um, and so I'm speaking to the first time that you go in blind, right? You don't know what to expect. I took the birthing classes, I took like whatever I could. I showed up to all my doctor's appointments, I did everything that I was supposed to do that I knew to do. Right. But what I didn't know and what I didn't expect was the emotional toll it was going to have on me after I had her. So I think that what I want to do in, in this light of my business um, through my prenatal course is to be able to shed the shame that most of us moms will feel and whether it's going to be the postpartum depression that we can feel the postpartum anxiety. I mean, as far as, even as far as psychosis, because that can all happen and it's all real. So after my first baby, I was, uh, I definitely had postpartum depression. It was, it showed up very different with the first compared to the second. And I remember thinking like, I'm a professional. I'm a mental health professional. How could I possibly be dealing with postpartum depression? And, and I realized that I'm dealing, I'm like, I'm realizing that I have the symptoms and yet I can't stop it. And that was a really scary feeling for me. And I remember I went in, I even had, um, as far as self-harm ideation, I didn't act on it at all it, what I knew that I was safe enough not to harm myself or baby. I knew like I was aware of that enough, but um, I went to my, uh, my follow-up appointment with my doctor and I filled out the form very real, very honest, you know, and as a professional, I know what I, I knew what I was filling out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And I remember thinking like, oh, this is, this is bad. Like (laughs) if I was reading this, I'd be a little bit alerted. Red flags would be flying, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and all my professional, all my doctor said was, oh, we should probably go talk to somebody. And that was it. And, and no, no, no offense to the doctor. You know, I just don't know that they have the training in specific like mental health, right? They can tell me all the physical Mm -hmm. for days, but Um, but there was that gap in the mental health and, and let's be clear. If I am struggling with depression, if somebody tells me, oh yeah, you should go talk to someone, you should call somebody, you should go find somebody. No, it's not going to happen. If I'm dealing with depression, there's no way I'm going to have the energy or the uh, motivation to pick up the phone or to Google therapy or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so I I was like, man, there's a missing gap here big time. Now as a mental health provider, I was able to go ahead and and see a therapist and I was able to go and it really helped me and my husband out to be able to do the couples therapy uh, additionally with just the individual. So Mm -hmm. That was great. It ended up okay. But what about those that don't know how to find a therapist? So long story short is I wanted, I want to, and I've created a prenatal emotional awareness course in order to prevent things like postpartum depression, anxiety, any of those postpartum mood disorders, because again, when we're in the middle of it, it is so hard to act and to do something that's gonna be helpful for us. So so this course is really focused on what can you do now and when you're pregnant, when you're expecting, when you are sane minded, right? Mm-hmm. When you have had totally. eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. What can you do now in order to plan ahead and how can you, and honestly, just the biggest thing is the education piece of knowing Mm -hmm. that it is common. One in seven women experience postpartum depression. And honestly, that is a Mm -hmm. very, uh, it's just not a good statistic. It's not realistic at all because mine wasn't reported. I mean, most people's postpartum depression isn't even reported, so it's very skewed. Mm Yeah. So the biggest thing is like what to expect, knowing that it's normal to have these intrusive thoughts. I remember vividly thinking, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it out loud that I I was thinking these horrible thoughts about my my daughter dying, you know, and that like walking down the path and what if I trip and fall on her, you know, like just mm-hmm. such incredibly dark intrusive thoughts. And I felt yeah. terrible. I just felt like I was the worst mom. I was incapable of taking care of this baby. Mm -hmm. It was scary, but hear me now. Like most of us women will experience those things, those negative thoughts. Most of us will experience the roller coaster. It's just Mm -hmm. how, what are you going to do? Uh, Like, how are you going to act upon that? Are you going to actually do something to harm your baby? Okay. Let's, You know, intervene ASAP. We got to make sure you have a safety plan ahead. If you're not, if it's just that icky feeling, that that icky thought, then okay, why don't you you know start talking to somebody to be able to process that and to get it out of your head? Because that's that's gross. We don't want to keep that in our head, right? We Mm -hmm. don't want to keep that um, attached to us. So. So yeah, so that was kind of my first experience. And so coming with second baby, I'm like, all right, <laughs> I know what to expect now. Um, I remember <laughs> all of all of the things, right? Like the uh, struggles with breastfeeding or mm-hmm. the lack of sleep and what that feels like and the frustration with husband because, you know, seemingly they can't do much. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and, and so I, I tried to be a lot more intentional, which was good but I still had it. I still had postpartum depression and it hit very different, very fast with the second one. And, and I'm sure it's part circumstantial, but, but yeah, so it was able, it was neat for me to be able to work through it more preventatively than in the midst of it. Does that make sense? Mm, Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's just so powerful to, to even be talking about it, like, yeah. but to offer women a service where they can intervene before it even happens is, is huge. Oh, I think we talked, uh, when we met for coffee that we need to, uh, author a book that think the shit pe- nobody tells you when you have a baby. <laughs>
1: like- oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Can we yes. please? Yeah.
0: Let's do it. We need <laughs> to do it. <laughs>
1: Let's have a whole chapter on bleeding nipples, okay? Yes. Oh my gosh,
0: that was the worst. Oh, I had oh, postpartum, yeah, with my son, and uh-huh. I even just like the struggle with breastfeeding. Yeah. Like I, well, I've never experienced that kind of pain as a cracked yeah. nipple will give you. Oh my gosh. Seriously. And, oh, holy moly. <laughs> It makes me cringe right now. Yeah. I yeah. know, but nobody tells you those kinds no. of things. Nobody talks about it. And so then like even feeling inadequate about not mm-hmm. being able to breastfeed and having mm-hmm. trouble with that. And there's so much that comes with it that I just feel like it's so helpful to yeah. just be able to talk about openly, yes. not have to hide in, yeah. you know. Yeah, and just the fact that you're saying it out loud,
1: I'm saying it out loud, like I already feel like, oh, I'm I'm normal. Like that was the worst pain that I ever felt too. Okay, so I'm not crazy, right? Because we label ourselves those dramatic terms all the time when we are battling these things. And it's not fair. It's not fair for us as the woman. It's not fair for our spouse. It's not fair for our babies. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's exactly it. it's just taking the shame away and re- recognizing that it's so normal, that it is
0: so normal yeah yeah totally, I love it yeah yeah mm-hmm. i've never felt as low as I felt right after my son was born yeah it's almost just an indescribable mm-hmm. feeling like you can't even put words to it and no. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, because, you
1: know, my husband, I mean, he's a very supportive, incredible man, and it was scary for him because he was feeling so helpless that he mm-hmm. he didn't know what to do. And I didn't know what to tell him to do either. Right. So with the the course that we we created, it's it has a safety plan that you literally will create with your partner. And this is, if I can give any advice, it's to do this, create a uh, safety plan or whatever it is before baby comes and identify those triggers. Like for me, it was going to be like for my husband to recognize that if I'm not getting out of bed in the morning, I'm a, I'm a morning person. Okay. I love morning time. And if I'm not getting out of bed, that that is a, that's a symptom. Like that's a warning sign, if you will, for him to know like, okay, Becky's not doing so good. What can I do? So identifying some of those things that you know is going to like be a a warning sign Hmm. and then coming up with, okay, what are things that my husband can do? Like he could suggest to take a bath. For me, right to get for me to go take a bath, he could take the kiddos and let me go to the grocery store by myself. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. um, so, anyways, coming up with this plan ahead of time, so that way you're not in the midst of all of it. You're not like one hour of sleep trying to come up with what's going to make you feel better. I promise you're not going to be able to come up with anything. Right, do it ahead of time. Do it ahead of time, and for partner too, because it, postpartum yeah. depression for dads is real as well, and for mm-hmm. him to. For me to recognize his warning
0: signs also. Yeah, it's awesome. I yeah. I went through a period where I just couldn't stop crying. And I am not a mm. crier mm-hmm. really every other time. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot for me to cry. And so my husband and my daughter were both like, who is this woman? Oh, <laughs> what do we do with her? It is yeah. it is scary. Definitely scary for your loved ones, too. Yeah, I think that's just so so powerful, such great advice for Mm -hmm. new mamas for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: absolutely. Yeah,
0: so is that course online or is it local?
1: It's online. So what I'm trying to do there is just make it accessible um, because I want the the pregnant, the expecting mom and her partner to take it together. And I know it's sometimes unrealistic to go to a class and show up. Right. So it is an online course. It's about mm-hmm. two hours, but they have a, a week to complete it. So you can kind of log in and log out as needed. And, and wow. yeah,
0: yeah. Lots of different um, tools
1: and resources in it as well.
0: Sounds more beneficial than Lama's class or whatever. <laughs> kind of
1: right. Like I hate to say that, but it's so true. I didn't let's just say I got the epidural and I have no shame around that. <laughs> and I didn't need to learn how to breathe through contractions because by gosh, I was happy. I was good. Yeah. Totally. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, and I know that there's definitely need for that. But I like sign me up for the emotional support because that was the biggest toll it had on me.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I totally agree. And I I can identify with you in the sense of I am a helping professional and Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to have it all together all the time. Mm -hmm. Like how can something like this be happening to me? Yeah. Yeah. We're not exempt. No,
1: (laughs) absolutely not. And And I don't know if it made it worse or not, but The fact that I recognized it easier and quicker than somebody that may not have the training or the education in it, right, honestly made me feel more shame, if you will, more guilt because I was recognizing it and I still couldn't fix it, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't fix it for myself on my own. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of tricky, I think, for us that are in the helping profession, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that brings up a really good point that I'd like you to elaborate Mm -hmm. on. I I think women in general, postpartum, but also everyday <laughs> yeah. feel like they need to take care of things by themselves. Yeah. yeah. And and what would you speak to that kind of way of thinking?
1: I think I I I I I call bullshit, right? I, I honestly do because we cannot do it all and you know god did not create us to do it all that it's important for us to recognize our strengths and our weaknesses too so if we are good at you know okay my example would be i'm good at like communicating and you know quality time and relationships and all that I am not good at cooking. Okay. (laughs) So I will delegate the cooking because one, it makes the whole system happier. My husband is happier that he can do the cooking. I'm happier. My kids are happier because I get angry when I cook. Okay. (laughs) So so But I mean, that's a real, like, it's a funny example, but it's, it's real life and it's just not worth it. So I would be willing to delegate that. And if husband's not willing to cook, then, you know, there's services out there that can help you with it too. So Mm -hmm. I just, I think it's important for us to know that we cannot do it all because we were not made to do it all, you know, that we need to recognize our strengths and our weaknesses. So that way we can, we can excel in our strengths and we can be the best, right. That we can be, and then we can let go of the other things that are so draining and, um, difficult for us. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: that's my two cents on it.
0: Yeah, totally. I just, uh, hired someone to clean my house. It yeah. was on my vision board for this year. I'm like, yeah, we're in March almost. I think it's time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's true. Like there is guilt that comes with it though, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. should I be paying this money? Should I, why, this mm-hmm. is something I should just be doing myself rather mm-hmm. than it right. just being okay that it's a self-care yeah. thing and this is better for everyone. <laughs> exactly, right? And,
1: and I, you know, I challenge that. Like, why do we, I heard this once, why do we should all over ourselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Why do we do that? And I so right, the therapist in us, of course, is going to like try to go to the deeper rooted. Like, who's saying you should be? Is it because that's the way you were raised? Or and I know that's a lot of my own personal battle that I will face and and work through that because that's exactly right. If you delegate it out and if it gives you so much more peace and honestly, if it frees up time for you to be a better mom, a better wife, a -hmm. better career woman, well, heck yeah, those things are in my opinion, more important than a clean house or right. Or like Mm -hmm. the ownership of the clean house, I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So I want you to talk a little bit more about your own personal experience. I know you have this thing about normal and what's normal Mm -hmm. and, I'd love to hear you speak more about that and how that's kind of led you to create the self-care business. Yes.
1: I think that we go through life feeling whatever feelings we do, right? For me personally, I was, when I was working full-time doing therapy, I was clocking in, I was clocking out. I was living this very mundane lifestyle okay autopilot is the best way that I can describe it and I would come home and I would be kind of like in a funk and my husband would say like what's wrong I would say I'm fine
0: (laughs) right no you you did not say I'm fine no woman ever says that
1: (laughs) (laughs) right Um, and 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 I wasn't fine like there was something going on and I just didn't know what it was but I thought it was normal. Like I thought that that was supposed, like that was life. That was just the way the, you know, the way it was. And then I started to recognize that it doesn't have to be normal, that feeling anxious, feeling depressive symptoms, feeling fine (laughs) was not, that's not How we're supposed to live life. We're supposed to like thrive. We're supposed to have so much fun. We're supposed to live this beautiful life where, again, our strengths are at the forefront. Like we can provide and and share our strengths with other people. And I wasn't doing that. I was grumpy. I was short tempered. I was, I don't know. I just wasn't fun to be around. Let's be honest. Okay. So I believe that we need to be able to be in that place that we can thrive in life and not just survive. So I, I, I challenged that. I, I kind of joke because like, I didn't have this big pivotal you know, disastrous thing happened to me that has led me to the self-care journey, I honestly was very kind of boring, right? Like it was, it wasn't a big pivotal thing that happened in my life. It was just the normal clocking in again, clocking out, you know? Um, That's what led me to this self-care journey that I experienced. And I know that women out there are similar, that you listening to this, you may be shaking your head being like, Oh yeah. How many times have I said, I'm fine to my husband this week. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: and so I want to challenge that. I want to challenge everybody that there is more that you can have your cake and eat it too. Right. That you can be the best mom and wife, that you can be the best wife and career woman, um, the best wife and stay at home mom, whatever it is. Right. It doesn't matter what your, what your and is, but you can, you can do it and you can do it beautifully. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love that.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of what led me to, um, to IOMI and being able to provide that guilt-free self-care. Cause that was the number one complaint I heard was, well, I feel guilty. I wanted to have a girl's night out, go to dinner with a friend, but I feel guilty leaving the kids home or I feel guilty, whatever, right. Spending $25 for a uh, pedicure. Um, Mm -hmm. and no, like the, yeah, we just have to switch that mindset and to be able to provide guilt-free self-care for sure for ourselves.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's something you uh just said. I, I'd love for you to expand on a little bit because I hear women say it all the time. You, mm-hmm. you said nothing really big happened. Uh-huh. And I hear women all the time say things like, well, I've really not had anything huge. I've really not had anything catastrophic happen to me. And, and they do like the comparative suffering type thing and Mm -hmm. minimize their own experience. Right. Um, because they don't see any huge, uh, like, Situations of trauma or whatever to make them feel like they're unhappy or that things aren't quite, don't feel enough for them in their lives. Uh, I think so many women do that to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They minimize
1: things, right? And I love that you nailed it on the head. It's that comparative game. It's the, well, somebody has it worse than I do, so I better buck up. And no, If you feel something like, I can't express this enough. If you feel something, it is real to you and own that and recognize it and work through it because what you feel is significant and that matters, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care how it compares to how your sister feels. It doesn't matter. It, what matters is how you feel. Um, and then I, I, I looked up the definition of trauma, just, you know, Google, Wikipedia, who knows? It's probably not super resourceful, but, um, but it says by definition, trauma means anything disturbing or upsetting that has happened. Okay. So we've all been traumatized. Mm -hmm. So I use that word very loosely, like trauma is, is so many different things. And I agree that, that I've heard that off often myself too, about like, well, nothing's bad. Nothing bad has happened. It doesn't matter, right? Like it doesn't matter whatever has happened. Okay. What you're mm-hmm. experiencing now matters. And if we need to go back to childhood, like I, I'm trained in EMDR, it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole nother tangent that I'm obsessed with, but. Yeah,
0: me too. I love EMDR. <laughs> yes. It's yes. so
1: good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the basic premise is that our brains are wired, right? They're wired with what we were given when we were young, with what we think, with what we read, with what we see, right? Our brains are wired. And if you were told, I always give this example, if you were told you were perfect your whole life, like you had a beautiful childhood, your parents loved you and adored you and supported, but if you were told that you were perfect your whole life, you need to work through that because now your expectation is perfection and perfection is not real.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So I even give that example compared to those that were, that were significantly traumatized, whether it was abuse or whatever growing up. So Mm -hmm. yeah, your, your story matters no matter how big or how small it it may seem to be. It's big. It's all big.
0: Yes. Amen, sister. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks. Totally. You're getting me on my soapbox. I
1: get a little bit passionate.
0: (laughs) No, it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Very good. Yeah, it's it's all important. So, so Mm -hmm. important for people to understand. Like our pain is our pain and our experiences are our experiences. And and we have to learn to embrace them rather than push them off as they're absolutely. not important. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So you got to the place in your career and in, in your life where you were kind of going through the motions. I think mm-hmm. I, uh, you had said ha- you were half present in your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I think most people function that way. Yeah. Like I would be so interested to know what percentage of people feel like they're fully in their life?
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Isn't that good? Yes.
0: Yeah. If I were to guess, it'd probably be like 5% of the population.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely less than, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like for you to make that switch?
1: You know, the bottom line is it's uncomfortable. Okay. Um, By definition, like it's not easy because by definition, easy means without effort. Okay, so it's going to take effort. The good thing is it's simple. There's simple things that you can do to be able to make that progress and to be able to reap the benefits of your own self-care journey but the number one thing you have to do is to be willing to be uncomfortable because again, our brains, they're beautiful things. Like it's an, it's incredible what, what your brain is able to do, but our brains can be very limiting as well, because if you were wired one certain way, your whole life, um, then that's what your brain is comfortable with. Okay. That's what your brain is, is that you, you get this, but um, that's what is normal for your brain. So mm-hmm. the second you start to challenge that, you start to step outside of that comfort zone, you get uncomfortable. And that's when your brain sends alerts. It's like, stop what you're doing. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I don't want you to feel anxious or, or fear or um, you know even sometimes excitement if that's not what's normal, right? Mm-hmm. So your brain mm-hmm. is doing all of those things to keep you in this quote unquote, safe place, but it's really not safe at all. It's very limiting. Um, but that's what can happen as you step outside that comfort zone. And then that's where that beautiful growth can come into and come into place. So bottom line is you got to get uncomfortable and you got to do the things that make you uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how do you suggest people take those first steps into discomfort?
1: I think recognizing it for one, being able to say like, okay, I am not fine. (laughs) I am living on autopilot, right? I am not fully present. So you got to recognize it first of all and and first and foremost. And then I do believe a lot in the power of our thoughts and the law of attraction. So if you can start to challenge your thought processes Well, honestly, the first thing is you got to start recognizing them. What are you saying to yourself? Are you saying like, I'm not good enough. I'm not beautiful. I'm not worthy. Right. If, if you're recognizing you're saying that, then you need to let's, let's talk, right? Like let's Mm -hmm. get together. We, we got to work through those things because that's what's, um, wired in your brain to believe. Um, so once you can kind of recognize that, then there's lots of little things, again, simple things, not necessarily easy, but simple things that you can do like affirmations, visualizing, you said vision board earlier, definitely. Right. Um, they're going to be uncomfortable. Okay. I am like being able to say, I am beautiful can be gut wrenching for some people. And so if you can't think it or say it out loud, because it's so uncomfortable, then write it down. You can control your pen to paper, right? You can mm-hmm. control that motion. Um, and you're just going to have to start taking those baby steps and start, start getting uncomfortable and challenge the way that you're thinking and challenge uh, what's kind of normal for you,
0: you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And I like what you said, reach out. You, you need to work together. I think that's a big piece is yeah. asking for support and help. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Because affirmations, there's two sides to it, right? Like they can be so uncomfortable that they're actually going to not help. Because your brain again is just so not ready to receive that affirmation. So if that's the case, if you've oh if you've tried affirmations and it's been awful or if you can't even think about it without getting that sick feeling in your stomach, then schedule a session with a therapist or a coach because. We want to work through that with you. We want to identify what is that limiting belief? What is your brain wired to think and feel that's blocking you from knowing that you are indeed beautiful? right? Mm -hmm. So really, yeah, having that place to be able to talk about it and work through it with somebody for sure is so, so powerful.
0: Yeah. I, this is a little off topic, but I would love to hear your perspective on this, especially because you were so heavily in the network marketing Mm -hmm. realm. Um, and you said, speak to a therapist or a coach and you know, there are, there is this like trend right now, I'll call it for lots of people to be calling themselves coaches, especially Uh (laughs) people in the network marketing realm. Yes, true. (laughs) So I would love to hear your perspective. This is a soapbox thing for me and I'm not, I'm not going to go there, but the people who follow me have heard me talk about it before. I'm sure, but Absolutely. I would love to know your opinion on that and kind of what do you look for in a helping professional to know that they're the right person for you to work with. Yeah,
1: I think the biggest thing is education and licensure, or you know, credentials or uh, certifications or whatever the case, because it is important for you to know. That they know what they're doing. Okay. In Colorado, for example, you can be a, a registered psychotherapist with a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't know anything about the world of therapy and I was like searching to find somebody and I saw a registered psychotherapist, I'm like, Ooh, that sounds fancy. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I would probably book with them. And so just know what you're looking for, I think is one of the biggest things as far as like the credentialing and, and whatnot and what all the letters behind the name means, because that's really important. Yes. And if you're not sure how to do that, I know Sarah would help. I'm, I'm willing to help somebody like go through that process of finding what, like helping to decipher between all of it. And then the biggest thing there is, is once you have someone that you know, that you can trust with, with this information, with heavy stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like, the thing is, I don't want to open up and spill my guts and be super vulnerable. And who knows what comes out if I, if I can't trust that that person's going to take care of me because sometimes that they may not have the training to be able to refer me to the right resources. Or, I mean, heaven forbid, if if I was feeling suicidal or something and that person doesn't have the training on, on how to deal with that. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. right. Like
1: that's, that's where I can, I can feel pretty scared. Um, like as a professional, right. So, so yeah. So at least like the credentials and the licensing, will make sure that they have the training to handle those kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. And then from, from there, I think it's really important that you have a connection with the person, right? I know for a fact that I'm not the best therapist for everybody. Absolutely. I'm not the best therapist for most people, right? But there are some that I'm going to be the best therapist for, and it's going to take a little bit of trial and error. It's going to take like, Hey, let me do a, like a, a consultation, like a free phone call to make sure that it's going to be a good fit. Hey, what are your belief systems? Because that may come into play. Like if, you know what I mean? I know that's a big thing for me. Like if I don't align with somebody, it's going to be really hard for me to not get offended right? Mm -hmm. Let's just call it what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that would be the next best thing is to really make sure that you have a good connection with that person, whoever it is, a coach or a therapist, but uh, making sure that they have the education to really support you.
0: Yeah. So how do you know for a counselor, the license (laughs) is important. There's no such thing as a license for a coach. So how do you know, as far as a coach goes,
1: I would, yeah, I want to know their experience. I think I'd call them on it, like, hey, what what kind of schooling did you do, or what kind of programs did you take, or because I know there's some kind of like something out there, maybe Mm -hmm. not a licensure, but definitely some certifications. And I'm not super familiar with the coaching world, but I know that there's something. And by gosh, you have every right to ask. You have every Mm -hmm. right to ask that person and say, hey, tell me a little bit more about your education or your and your experience. Right. And if there's Mm -hmm. crickets, then you might want to. Look at something else.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) say it nicely. (laughs) Yes, I agree. (laughs) Or understand what they can help you with and what they can't help you with. That's a great Mm -hmm. way
1: to sum it up. Yeah, I was just thinking because there are some really incredible people out there um, that can add value to your life for sure. But just knowing what areas, I think that's exactly that's exactly right. And then maybe asking them if. Um, if you can't cover this area, do you know somebody that can? So that mm-hmm. way you can get the help in, in all of the areas. Yeah, yeah, really good point.
0: Yeah, the thing that just rubs me the wrong way mm-hmm. is seeing coaches, air quotes, coaches, mm-hmm. helping people with Things like trauma and Oof. past, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's super scary. So I think knowing the difference between a counselor and a coach and who you yeah. go to for for different things, and sometimes you do both. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I think you can have a counselor and a coach at the same time.
1: Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Because the coach is going to be way more what's the word, like tangible, uh, way more like mm-hmm. goal-oriented, super focused. The therapist is going to be a lot more vague. It's The, the therapist is going to, like you said, work through those past experiences that, that need to be worked through in a healthy way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I could see both being for sure. If the coach sees like, okay, I think there's something going on that's deeper here. Um, I think that if you can go to a therapist and work through that, then great. Then we can hit it hard, you know?
0: Right. Totally. Yeah. I heard an analogy once that said a coach, like if, if you imagine that there's a hole in the road, a coach will help you come up with strategies about how to get around the hole
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: a therapist will dive into the hole with you, build, build the hole up from within. So yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really great visual. So. Yeah, that is super great. I'm gonna steal that from you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I stole it from someone else. I wish I knew who it was. <laughs> um, all right. So I would love to move into asking you my questions. Sure. So the first one is is what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? Oh, that's a good one. I think
1: the belief. That's the first thing that came to mind. And I can't come up with anything else right this minute. So believing that you deserve the best, that you deserve more, that you are capable of more. So I think that for me, as soon as I had that flipped, that switch flipped of, I can believe in myself, then the rest was history then I was able to take those necessary steps. Like I could get uncomfortable because I believe I have something to offer other people. Right. Yeah. I could do the public speaking because I believe I have something to say to help somebody. So I think it's the belief barrier.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. What's something that you want to make sure that people know?
1: Oh, that it's that, you can have your cake and eat it too, right? It's it's that whole thing that I talked about earlier, that you truly get to live your best life, that you deserve the best and your family deserves the best of you. Mm. And that's really the the tagline, if you will, of Ione. Well, a couple of that taking care of yourself is a necessity, not a luxury. And that you deserve the best because your family deserves the best of you. Because sometimes we can get self-care confused with selfish, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But if
1: we can switch that thought pattern to, let's be clear, y'all, like happy wife, happy life is a real thing in my household. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if, if I'm in a funk, like I was so often before, it rubbed off on my husband, it rubbed off on my daughter. And that's when... I was willing to change myself, right? That's when I was willing to invest in myself because it wasn't fair for me to limit myself, which was in turn limiting my family. Does that make sense? So if mm-hmm. we can just switch that thought of it's not selfish, it's actually actually helping the other people, the people we love, then heck yeah, bring on the self-care, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I think a lot of women need that switch to, to give yeah. them the the push, <laughs> yes,
1: yes, and the permission, right? Yeah. Because if I asked any woman out out here that I know, especially mamas, like, what's one thing you would do? They would do anything for their family. We would, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that top of that priority list needs to be taking care of yourself.
0: Totally, it's a yeah. trickle down effect. Yes, yes. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't get that. They think it goes the other way, but Mm -hmm. it it can't. It's impossible. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Water does not flow up. (laughs) No.
1: Yep. It's that. You can't pour from an empty cup. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I know, Becky, that lots of people are gonna want to get in touch with you. So can you let everybody know where they can find you, how they can connect with you. Yeah. Yes,
1: I would love that so much. Um, reach out if anybody has any other questions and whatnot. I would love to help. So, I, it is my business is called I O Me. Uh, the website is i o w e m e n o w dot com. So it's i o me now.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. Same thing, iome now dot, or iome now. Um, yeah, and I'm happy to have them reach out. I've got some a few freebies on my website, um, from a self care assessment to a five day self care challenge, a goal questionnaire, things like that, to just really start to have that journey of self care.
0: Hmm. And that's on the website. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so tell people a little bit more about your therapy services and how that works. Like I know we have a lot of local people listening, but lots of people um, out of state as well. And mm-hmm. I think this is an area where people get confused as far as the rules and stuff like that goes. Yeah, so totally. how do people access therapy with you or one of mm-hmm. your ladies? And what does that look like? yeah so um if they are local
1: to me, then for sure there's a couple different ways I do therapy just individually right just a flat rate, whatever that um so I do it that way, and then I also do an Iomi membership program, so in the business Iomi it is a discounted self care services so as a member, you get discounted therapy discounted massages, discounted lash extensions and spa services, and all the things okay mm-hmm. um And so there's, there's those two ways you can be a member and get discounted therapy, or you can just do therapy if you're not interested in the membership program. And then in state, all of Colorado for sure is good to go as far as therapy. And then out of state, we could talk as far as coaching goes, but because of licensure, I'm only licensed in Colorado, but I do have some connections in Wyoming and, and a couple of other states if we needed to um, hook you up with a therapist or, or we can explore coaching as well um, via telehealth.
0: hmm Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you so, so, so much for being oh, here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I really hope that people reach out and they get to know more about your services and just really to, to just be able to help themselves understand the importance of self-care and the importance of taking care of themselves. And as you know, I'm a huge believer in community and I know you are providing an amazing community for women, especially in Northern Colorado. So thank you for that
1: absolutely I yeah ditto right back to you for the community that you're bringing to people because I know that is something that we're hungry for these days Mm -hmm. is that interpersonal connection so it's so incredible to see your what you're doing as well
0: Mm, thank you I love Mm -hmm. being able to chat with and collaborate with awesome women like you so thanks so much
1: (laughs) absolutely thank you Sarah I appreciate you
0: All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart experiences and light with all of us. If you want more of the Wee Podcast, make sure you head over to theweespot.com, where you can find all of our episodes as well as the We Spot blog. The We Spot is your go to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Manares, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.